Hi, I'm Sean Eckford, a board member here at the Sunshine Coast Festival of the Written Arts and producer of our festival podcasts. Normally, at this point in August, I would be just putting the finishing touches on our first daily festival podcast. And of course, as uh, you've already heard from earlier announcements from us here at the festival and our first podcast of the season, uh, talking about our decision to, in light of the pandemic and the various health rules, cancel Festival 2020. Well, this week, we have some news for you about what we're doing in lieu of the usual in-person festival celebration that we would be having this weekend. And to talk more about that, I'm joined by our artistic and executive director, Jane Davidson. So, Jane, when we last uh, got together with um, John Lucier, our board president, to discuss the decision we had to make about this year's festival, we did leave off telling people to watch this space. Well, people have been patiently watching this space. Lots is now uh, going on. And I actually, before we, we, we talk about the, the big project we're doing, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about what people may have already seen on, on YouTube or, or on the website. Um, just our li- the little retrospective slideshow you did of, of festivals past to just kind of bring the feeling back for people. And I don't know if everyone is, is going to know the significance of the music you chose. Tell me about the music that's the background to this slideshow you've done. Well, the slideshow we put out on Thursday morning is, as you say, a, it's, a, it's a very brief retrospective from some of our more recent festivals. And what we were striving to create was a, a slideshow that shows the community that we have built, the community that we're striving to build, and the fact that that work is ongoing. Back in 2014, the closing night of the festival, um, it, it featured three spoken word artists, Brendan McLeod, Jillian Christmas, and Zacchaeus Jackson. The final song of that event is called All the Troubles, and it is a song written and performed by Brendan McLeod. The spirit of the song is that sometimes we can get um, hung up on the small things and we lose the bigger picture in the world. So for instance, we may get frustrated today by having to wait in a lineup outside a grocery store. Meanwhile, there is a global pandemic unfolding. One could even say that we can be mourning the loss of our festival this year, but really there are some very serious things going on in the world that are perhaps more important than what's going, what's not going on on the Sunshine Coast. So that song meant a lot to me. And it really, um, the the part I love about the soundtrack is that there was a spontaneous audience sing-along at the end. And uh, it wasn't forced. It started on its own. And it was just a, it was a beautiful community night. And I'll, I'll never forget it. And the sad piece is that um, that was the final public performance by Zacchaeus Jackson. He died two weeks later. You'll see him in the final slide of the slideshow. Uh, it, it's, it's a digital scrapbook, I guess, uh, is what it, of, of the last couple of years. And my only regret is that 
I felt it was important to keep it short and tight. It's only three minutes and 55 seconds. Um, but that meant that there are a lot of photographs that were left on the cutting room floor, which was kind of heartbreaking. I could have, I could have created a one-hour slideshow e quite easily. As I like to say, it's homegrown and hand-stitched, and um, that's exactly what our festival is. And of course, we had hoped to, to have both Brendan and Jillian back in person in, in, in various guises this year at the festival as well. And that Yeah, that's right. So we're hoping that next year... Uh, Jillian will be back with her, um, with her, with the poets, and and that um, Brendan is a member of the the band, the Fugitives, and they were going to be our closing night this year. So, um, feeling hopeful about the future. Well, let's talk though uh, about the present because you've come up with, I, I think, uh, and we as the members of the board have been proud to support you in this. But you've come up with a pretty uh, interesting idea of how we can um, still do something significant, do it with the authors we'd hope to have this year, and also create a record, uh, a historical record, an emotional record, a written record of what is happening right now. So we'll start with the thumbnail sketch. We sent an invitation to all Festival 2020 authors. We asked them to contribute an original piece of writing, meaning a currently unpublished piece of writing, to the anthology, fiction, nonfiction, an essay, poetry, that reflects on their experience, their perspectives, their observations of these extraordinary times. When you think about 2020, yes, COVID-19 is an overarching situation globally, but when you think the year began in Canada with the Wet'suwet'en land protectors, and the blockades that extended right across the country in solidarity. And those issues have not gone away. There was uh, COVID-19, Black Lives Matter. Climate change is still a very big issue. And looking at all of these things, we're, we're curious to hear the writers' perspectives on these things and what their, their own personal experiences have been. But also weaving into that, there's digital fatigue. This is hard on everybody's mental health. Really, we've left the field quite wide open to the writers. So we, we sent out the invitation, and I wondered if the invitation would land with a thud or with interest. And I'm so grateful to say that there has been a great deal of interest by the writers and of the 24 authors that we were um, hoping to bring to the festival, 15 have confirmed their participation and there may be a couple more. So it's, uh, it's going to be a beautiful range of poetry, I think mostly nonfiction and essay. And um, Sarah Levitt is a graphic artist and she will be participating in the anthology as well. Going over the list of, of, of the writers that we had invited this year and, and the ones that uh, have given us a positive response to this anthology, I was struck again by the number who were already tackling these sorts of, of issues that have really now become front and center in everyone's life. It, it's one of those interesting things where somehow a lot of stuff that would have been discussed in the pavilion at the festival this year is now coming into sharper focus and will be reflected in our anthology. Absolutely. The other thing about this book is that it's intended to be a legacy project um, and um, a, a, an archival document of sorts. So 
we will be sharing this book, um, we hope, we'll be, we'll be offering the book um, as a single volume or as book club sets to our local libraries and to uh, classroom sets to our local secondary schools. And we will share it with our funders. We'll share it with um, some of the donors that have kept us going through the Legacy of Literacy Endowment. And we'll um, share it with, I'm going to send it across the country to, um, to the media who cover, who cover literary work. So we'll, we'll uh, also have a, a number of uh, copies. It'll be a small print run. We'll have a number of copies that will be available for sale at a, at a modest price. And any, any revenue that's generated through that will go to our Legacy of Literacy. And we, I should add too, we'll also be submitting copies to the Sunshine Coast Museum and to the Seashell Archives. We are, as an organization, um, not exactly rookies uh, as publishers, because every year we do the, the Coastal Voices, the anthology mm-hmm. of student work on the coast. But I gather that uh, in, in pulling together all the things that are necessary to create a, a quality professional print volume, we've been able to kind of keep things local. We have, and I'm very, I'm very happy about that. Again, we're going back to that whole homegrown thing. So I'm working with, on the editorial side of things, uh, Anna Nobile, um, who in a good year writes our program and brochure copy. Um, but Anna is um, very skilled and she's also serving as the liaison between me and the writers and the designer. The designer is also local, Derek Von Essen. And um, the opportunity to submit work for the cover has been extended to a local artist and I won't mention that artist's name right now because it's not confirmed. It's a locally made product, a book, but it will include voices from across the country. Now I I don't know how much we want to give away at this point, but we've we've gone a fair time without actually mentioning who's uh, who's given us a positive response and will submitting for the anthology. So are are there any particular ones that uh, that you want to highlight or we can talk about publicly at this point or is well, it a surprise? Well, I, I mean, uh, again, like I always answer this question, who are you looking forward to at the festival? I I'm can't, I just can't pick one over another, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm gratified and honored that someone like Harold Johnson, who has written about the pursuit of indi- justice for Indigenous people, responded immediately that he would love to be involved and he'll be he'll be submitting. Bill Richardson is going to, I mean, he's beloved by our audience and beloved by our country. He'll be submitting. Um, oh boy. <laughs> I'm thrilled about Sarah Levitt's contribution, the graphic memoir. She's gone through a lot during this time and she has the grace to share what she has been experiencing through the medium of uh, graphic, graphic comic. Who else can, Paul Sisiquasis from Saskatchewan. Now Paul's book, he's taken these historical photographs and I'm not sure what he'll be submitting, but he's taken these historical photographs from indigenous communities across Canada and written personal stories about the people. Aslan Hunter, who has just published her book, The Certainties, is also a poet. And she said her, she has told me that her writing during this period has been poetry. And so she's submitting poetry. Again, Farzana Doctor, who's about to launch her book, Seven, has also been writing poetry during this time. And so she has submitted some pieces already, both about the pandemic and about racism in Canada. A couple that I'm interested in, just because I'm curious to, to see their take, is, well, Michael Christie, whose who's book mm-hmm. 
uh, touches on some of those environmental issues. And yep. I, I feel for any author who's tried to write a f- future looking book right now, and then this yep. thing happens, and it's the weirdest yep. thing you could possibly imagine. That's right. I, I'm curious about what Michael will submit as well. He's, he said it's going to be an essay, but um, I had an email conversation this week with Iona Wishaw. Now, that Iona has. I has yeah, she, she writes, her books are mysteries and they're historical. And uh, she's also a former school principal. And, and she said to me, this is a very difficult assignment. Um, and what she means is that she's a historian, but she's currently living in the history. I have great confidence in her, um, but I look forward to seeing what Iona comes up with. Well, I was also curious, and, and again, we'll have to wait and see as to whether any of her, her mystery writing experience folds into this, because, you know, as part of my day job as, as a journalist, we've been talking mm-hmm. to a lot of scientists lately, and yeah. they are in the middle of unraveling a mystery uh, when yeah. it comes to dealing with this virus and stuff. So uh, the other um, one I wanted to mention is one of the ones who won't be able to participate because it is a very typical COVID story with respect to Bindu Suresh and why she's uh, not been able to submit. Yeah, Bindu Suresh was going to be um, one of our new voices this year, along with Michael Melgard. Neither can participate in this anthology. Bindu Suresh is a pediatrician who lives in Montreal. So her focus, she's been pulled into a COVID assessment center for children and youth. So she is, in her words, slammed with work. Michael Melgard is a is a, a parent of, of young children, and his partner is a full is working full time. So Michael is taking care of his children. He has no time to write. So um, these two people cannot participate because of the circumstances that we're living with. I don't want to um, over overemphasize the commercial aspect of this, but of course. One of the things that, that we set out to do every year and that we've made sure we want to do this year is support the writers mm-hmm. and the broader Canadian um, literary community as well. And, and I think, you know, for anyone who might be doubting, it's important to point out that, that we are doing this as a professional effort. The writers get paid, everything. Everybody, yeah. Yeah, thanks, thanks to the Canada Council and the BC Arts Council and the District of Seashell, our public sector funders, we can afford to do this. Everybody is being paid appropriately. That includes the authors, the designer, the cover artist, the editor. Um, that's, that's really, really important to me and to our organization. I know it's important to the board is that um, we do this as a, as a professional um, project. So that leaves the big question. When are we going to pull all this together? What's the deadline? <laughs> ah, well, no pressure. We have, no pressure. We've, uh, it, it, it was a quick turnaround too, you know, because we just, we sent the, we sent the invitation to the authors out at the beginning of August. It would have been much more helpful had I come up with this idea earlier in the year. But like many people, I'm just going to be honest. There are days where my synapses just haven't been firing normally. And um, like many people, it's taken me a while to figure out next steps. So the invitation went out at the beginning of August. Friday, August 7th was the deadline. I'm, I'm still waiting for a couple of people who I hope will um, join us. We've asked the authors to submit their work by September the 8th. It will take the month of September, the rest of the month of September, to 
work through the copy piece by piece. We need to have the work proofread. Then everything goes to the designer. He, he sets to work and pulls it all together. Then we get printer quotes. Then we send it to print. So um, it's a pretty quick turnaround. It's an ambitious project, but we're hoping that this book will be available by the end of October. And we'll have some sort of a celebratory launch, um, and that will be um, an online um, an online launch, perhaps featuring six to eight writers from across the country, but we will do that online. We're likely to still be in the moment we're in, you know, looking out towards October, yep. November, uh, December. Mm -hmm. So this is, uh, you know, going to be very much a, a live set of, of circumstances that, that this uh, anthology is going to deal with. I, I meant to ask you earlier, and we were, you you brought it to mind again with just the tight timeline. But were you at all surprised at the enthusiasm that, that this idea seems to have generated? Because you know, every everyone who does an event like ours has been looking for alternatives, you know, video, uh, Facebook Live, whatever. But uh, you know, it seems as though this particular idea, this this leaving leaving a document, a testament to what we've, we've been through has really struck a chord. It has. And I think that's, I think that is, um, that's it right there. It's, it's the written word. That's us. <laughs> and um, it is a permanent record. It is not going to be taken down from an online site. It is a document that will be with us in perpetuity. And I think that actually has struck a chord with people. I was, um, as I said earlier in our conversation here, I, I, I didn't know how this idea would sit with people. And so when the first person responded with, that's a fantastic idea, thank you for inviting me, I'm in. When that email came through, I exhaled. I'm very happy with the response and gratified. And quite honored that people will participate in a meaningful way. So I think uh, we're at this point again where we just have to tell people to watch this space because well, we, yeah. we will have more news about how things are progressing with this. And uh, I put out a semi-regular digital newsletter. I only do it when I have news to share. I like to communicate with our audience by digital newsletter about once a month. And I'll keep everybody apprised. And um, we will have something on our website as well. And possibly down the road, more podcasts, which are more ephemeral. More podcasts. I love the podcasts. Well, I, you know, <laughs> I, don't like re I don't like my ers and ums and ahs, but I do like a podcast. And I appreciate you doing this, Sean. Well, I appreciate you joining me today, Jane, to fill uh, everyone in on uh, uh, the latest project. And as, as things move uh, on, through the next weeks and months. We'll uh, make sure we touch base again and keep everyone informed. Thank you so much. Thanks very much for listening, and I hope you're taking this time to reflect back on festivals past. You can do that by checking out our website photo galleries, uh, checking out the photo montage that Jane has created that we talked about at the start of the podcast, or going back and listening to some of our previous festival podcasts just to, to get you back into the swing of what it would be like to be at Rockwood, in the gardens, in the pavilion, mingling with your friends, mingling with the writers. We'll have a chance to do that again. In the meantime, 
keep an eye on www.writersfestival.ca, as well as our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter feeds for all the latest.